The Islanders had a loss weekend, dropping both of their games in Florida against the Lightning and the Panthers. We'll have our key takeaways, what this team needs to do better, and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got lots to talk about on today's show. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a comment maybe about something we've talked about on the show, or something you'd like us to talk about on a future episode, please feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, We are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. I'll be tweeting, live tweeting, during nearly every Islanders home and road game. Plus, we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And it's uh, certainly been a lot of that going on over the last couple of days. The Islanders go down to Florida facing the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday, the Florida Panthers on Sunday. We knew coming in that these two games would not be easy. Florida, of course, winning the President's Trophy a year ago, while the new, uh, while the Tampa Bay Lightning, of course, made it to the Stanley Cup Final Uh, again last year after winning the Cup the previous two seasons, and yet the Islanders fall short in both games, losing 5-3 on Saturday uh, and then losing 3-2 to the Panthers on Sunday. And, you know, the frustrating thing about it was that so much of it was deja vu all over again, as Yogi Berra used to say. Uh, the Islanders just not getting enough done. I mean, against Tampa Bay, they actually didn't play horrible hockey. Uh, they outshot the Lightning 35-26. to 26. They were able to create some scoring chances. But overall, you know, it just seems like every time the Islanders made a mistake against the Lightning, the puck was in the back of the net. And quite honestly, 
when you're playing a really good team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, you sort of have to expect that to be the case. Now, you know, the Islanders, they get a goal from Ryan Pulak, so the defense still contributing offensively. Anthony de Bavillier put in a goal. Matt Martin also scoring. So there were some bright spots there. But overall, too many mishandlings of the puck, too many turnovers, not enough uh, speed to keep up with some of the Lightning's better players and Tampa Bay just getting the job done when it mattered most. And Tampa Bay, again, didn't have a lot of shots, but a lot of the shots that they had were of the high-quality variety, and they certainly did take advantage of it. Uh, an interesting move, I thought, by the Islanders that Josh Bailey, who is closing in on that 1,000 games in his career mark, scratched by the Islanders on Saturday, and Nikita Sashnikov goes in and replaces him. And, and it's not that Sashnikov played all that well. I mean, he was out there for only 10 and a half minutes, was a minus one. But realistically speaking, you know, the Islanders out hit the Tampa Bay Lightning. They uh, outshot the Tampa Bay Lightning. They did more things well on Saturday than they did uh, in the Sunday game. And, and the other thing that was, I guess, encouraging was that the penalty kill remains effective. But Sunday, Sunday, uh, just not a great performance. This was more of the deja vu kind of a game because five on five, the Islanders did not create any realistic offense. Uh, outshot in this game, you know, by a pretty substantial margin. You lose by one goal, three to two. So it seems close. But again, first of all, any mistake the Islanders make ends up in the back of the net. Did they get some pretty lousy bounces? Yes. You go on the road and you're playing against a talented team like the Florida Panthers. You can't give up a goal in the first minute of the period. Against Tampa Bay the night before, they gave up a goal literally at the last second of the period. You can't start and end a period without intensity. You got to be ready to go. Uh, and, and the Islanders just did not seem that way really either night, and that was part of the problem. Anders Lee, two goals on Sunday, both of them coming with the extra attacker. Matt Barzal assisting on both of them. But again, just not enough consistency, not enough offense. Here's another thing that really was frustrating for the Islanders. And, and you look, Josh Bailey back in the lineup. Anthony Bevilier sitting out. Sashnikov sitting out. But the, the, the frustrating thing, if you are the New York Islanders, more than anything else, you played both of these games over the weekend against backup goalies, and you still couldn't generate offense. Now, look, Brian Elliott is a good goaltender. So is Spencer Knight. These are among the better backup goalies in the NHL. But what does it say about your team when you go into back-to-back -back games against backup goalies 
and you just can't find a way to put the puck into the net. So it's frustrating, it's difficult, uh, and it's tough to watch. And I think the lack of overall team speed hurt the Islanders, especially against the Lightning, but really in both games. And the Islanders just inability to create enough offense five on five. Um, There's got to be more. (coughs) There's got to be more. Now, the penalty kill, still perfect this year. Still perfect this year. But we're going to talk a little bit about why that may not be the end-all and be-all for this team as we answer some of your questions about the weekend and uh, what we saw out there. All that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, more than 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right because at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash LockedOnNHL. You'll save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan, and you'll get your first month absolutely free. Visit simplysafe.com slash LockedOnNHL to learn more. Go safe like Simply Safe. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game-to-Game covers every game from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game-to-Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, we've got a lot of emails coming in, uh, came in on Sunday after the loss to Florida. Uh, Jeff from Stroudsburg, PA. Hey, Gil, I was literally going to ask you about this, and now Brandon is kind of beating it to death, but I am still going to ask. It's pretty impressive that the Islanders haven't allowed a power play goal yet, but if they are going to let the foot off the pedal when the penalty kill is over and allow a goal within a minute after the PK expires, is it still such a great accomplishment? I don't want to be a negative Nelly, but I don't know if the Pellet-Pulak line or pairing is what it was a few years ago. I still look forward to watching every game. I am not sure if our squad has it. Thanks always for the great podcast. Jeff, uh, I want to thank you for the kind words about the podcast. And yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, Great penalty kill so far this year that the Islanders have gone through six games and still haven't let a power play goal in at this point. 
is pretty darn impressive if you think about it. And yet, at the same time, letting in a goal right after the power play ends is just plain frustrating. It, it, it just leaves you in a lurch and frustrated and like, okay, we, we accomplish something and then it just slips through your fingers. So yeah, it's difficult to watch something like that happen. And it's something that the Islanders have to sort of get under control before it becomes a big, big problem. So let's hope that uh, it, it, it does happen. And, you know, we are here is a, an email from our friend Matt. Uh, better than the Devils game for sure. Some soft goals the last two nights, which can't happen with a team with a poor offense. Nelson, Palmieri, Pajot, they're MIA. Last year's problems are back again. Waiting for the trade deadline to make a big move will, will, uh, that will not come or may not come will likely be too late. Something may need to happen soon. I can see Ratu being up here by Thanksgiving to give any spark on to the Rangers. And that one is from Matt from Massapequa. Matt, it is frustrating. And yeah, there are guys who just haven't been productive. Uh, you know, Matthew Barzal still doesn't have a goal. Brock Nelson still doesn't have a goal. Pajot, as you mentioned, yet to score. Josh Bailey doesn't have a goal. Uh, it, it is very difficult to see Kyle Palmieri still doesn't have a goal. These guys are all supposed to be among your top forwards. And if you can't put it all together, uh, it's going to be difficult. You got to have a team like this that lacks a superstar sniper. Uh, a thirty, a bona fide 30, 35 goal guy who puts fear in the opposing team. If you don't have that, you need balanced scoring. And you can't have that many guys who this team is expecting to give them 20, 25 goals off to zero goals through six games. Tommy, who uh, has asked us a number of questions before. Hey, Gil, how are you? I think the Islanders are close to breaking out. As we know, they have great talent. I just think the line should be switched up. What do you think the line combo should be? Also, I don't necessarily agree with Coach Lambert scratching Bavillier. He has three points, which is including the goal he had against Tampa Bay. What do you think? Let's go Islanders. Tommy, thank you uh, again for the email. And look, I'll answer the other question about line combinations on the Tuesday show. So I'll come back to that. But as far as scratching Bavillier, I understand, you know, he just scored last night. And, you know, he's got three points in the five games that he's played, which compared to the rest of this team, yeah, it's not terrible. But realistically, uh, I think that Lane Lambert is trying to send a message to this team. And... You, you, you look at what happened against Tampa Bay. And Bavillier, you know, he had the goal. He had three shots on goal. He was even in plus minus. He didn't play badly, 
necessarily. But you really, I think the message Lane Lambert is trying to send by benching Josh Bailey, by benching uh, Anthony Bavillier, you're just trying to tell your team, hey, nobody is expendable right now. I mean, no one is essential right now. And I need a better effort. And you get a veteran like Bailey, for example, who is so close to a thousand points, uh, games played rather, for his career. And a guy like Bavillier, who did score a goal the, the previous game, but didn't play fantastic, didn't play terribly. Uh, you're trying to basically say, I need more. I need you to be truer to my system. I need you to play better. And they're not getting it on a game-in and game-out basis. Yeah, the identity line has looked sharper and better this year, but I'm just concerned about this team not putting it together. And I think your question about lines, like I said, I'll talk about that more tomorrow, but I think there is something to it. Because realistically, I, I like Zach Parise, but is he a top six forward at this stage in his career? I like Anthony Bavillier, and he gives you speed that you need. And, and, and I think maybe the best argument, besides the fact that Bo scored a goal Saturday, the best argument for not sitting him Sunday is that he is one of the few players on this team who gives you speed. Uh, and having him out of the lineup is exceptionally difficult. Uh, I, I think there is truth to that. So, I, I mean, yeah, I understand why you're hesitant to sit Anthony Bavillier at this point, but I also understand why uh, there's a message trying to be sent by Lane Lambert to this team. The problem is there are just too many players on this team who aren't getting the message so far. And here we are, through six games, two and four, losers of three in a row, and already in eighth place in the Metropolitan Division. Something has got to change, and it's got to change soon for this Islanders team to get back in the hunt. And look, the next game, Wednesday night, New York Rangers coming to UBS Arena. It doesn't get too much more important than that. And... You know, that is almost a must game for the Islanders. Because look, look at the schedule coming up. The Rangers, the Hurricane, and the Avalanche. Three games in a row against teams who were either division winners, Stanley Cup cha- defending Stanley Cup champion, a team that won your division, and your biggest rival that lost in the conference final. These next three games, if you go 0-3, you you know, the old expression, you can't win the Stanley Cup in October, but you could lose it. The Islanders lost it in, uh, in November last year. You would hate to see them get off to such a slow start this year and have the season, you know, already have the team way behind the eight ball all the way, and we're not even out of October yet. We have got more to discuss on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. I'll have some more thoughts about this weekend's games. Plus, we have our Islanders birthday of the day. All that and a lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast.
Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Saturday was the 50th birthday of former Islanders defenseman Scott Lachance. The Charlottesville, Virginia native drafted fourth overall in the first round by the Islanders back in 1991, had one solid season at Boston University before joining the Islanders in 91-92 and stayed with the team through the 98-99 season when he was dealt to the Canadiens, later played for the Canucks and Blue Jackets before ending his career with a year in Switzerland and a year in the AHL. And Lachance, a solid defenseman who could skate, who could play well in his own zone, and not the most, you know, gifted offensive guy. Only had one NHL season of 20 or more points, and that was 92-93, his first full season in the league. Seven goals, 24 points that year. Finished his career with 819 games, 31 goals, 143 points, and 567 penalty minutes. Only played 11 playoff games in his career. Three of them for the Islanders had a goal and three points. Those all coming with Vancouver. But, you know, a chance, a solid two-way defenseman who always could be relied upon to play a solid game. We're going to look at one of Scott Lachance's better games as an Islander. March 16th, 1993, Islanders travel to the West Coast to play the San Jose Sharks at the old Cow Palace. Uh, that's an old building, and yeah, they really did have rodeos and, and, and cows in that building when it first was uh, built. Glenn Healy, the goalie for the Islanders. Arters Urbe the goalie for the San Jose Sharks. And it was all Islanders early in a penalty-free first period. Brian Mullen gets the Isles on the board. His 14th from Tom Fitzgerald and Mick Bacota at 11.55. Isles up 1-0. Then, our Islanders' birthday of the day. Scott Lachance, his sixth from David Volick and Pat Flatley at 17.50. After 20 minutes, the Islanders have a 2-0 lead over the Sharks. Our Islanders' birthday of the day, Scott Lachance gets his second goal of the game, seventh of the year. In the second period, Travis Green and Marty McGinnis with the assist at 525. And then two minutes and eight seconds later, Pierre Turgeon pots his 45th goal of the year. Darius Kasparitis and Steve Thomas with the helpers at 733. Four nothing Islanders after two periods. In the third, Steve Thomas makes it 5-0 Isles. His 28th from Pierre Turgeon and Rich Pilon at 5-0-1. And then Pat Flatley closes out the scoring, his 10th from Ray Ferraro. And our Islanders' birthday of the day, Scott Lachance at 13:35. The Islanders blank the Sharks 6-0, 26 saves for the shutout for Glenn Healy. But for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Scott Lachance... He had two goals, one assist. He was a plus three, and he had four shots on goal in this game, both goals coming at even strength. So Scott Lachance, steady defenseman, good, solid NHL middle-pairing D-man. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we wish him a belated happy 50th birthday, which was on Saturday.
it is not too late for the Islanders to turn things around. The problem, in part, with the style that the Islanders play, and yeah, you know, Lane Lambert modified it slightly, but when you are a defense-first team and you struggle to put the puck in the net and you lack speed overall up and down your roster, your margin for error is very slim. You have a game like the Islanders had on Saturday where you play pretty well, but you make a few untimely errors and they end up in the back of the net. If you don't have the, the, the scoring to get back in it, it's tough. You give up a goal in the first minute like the Islanders did on Sunday. It is tough to bounce back because you don't have the horses. Scoring first is very important for this Islanders team and not falling behind by a couple of goals is important, again, because of the way the team struggles in you know, the Islanders were down early in the second period, 3-1. to one. They were down at the end of the second period on Saturday, 4-2 to two with that last-second goal. Literally, last-second goal by Nicholas Paul. You go into the third period 3-2 three, uh, uh, instead of 4-2, that makes a big difference. You go to the Saturday, uh, Sunday game, rather, against Florida. You give up a goal in the first minute. That's demoralizing. That, you, the Islanders also took a penalty at the end of a period where they started the third period down by a goal, but down a man also. And having taking foolish penalties, yeah, great that you can kill them off, but it ruins the rotation. It doesn't allow your best offensive players to be out there on the ice. It wears you down because you expend more energy when you're killing penalties then when you are on five on five, it just, you know, the, the little things that win hockey games or lose hockey games, Islanders aren't doing them right now. And that's the reason, more than anything, for the team's three-game losing streak. They're not getting blown out. They're not playing terribly, but they're not doing the little things that you need to do to win hockey games. So let's hope they could turn that around and make it better. We will see if they could do that next game Wednesday night against the Rangers. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!